welcome to season three of the Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. All right, so welcome to The Lifestyle Chase. I am joined by the one and only Johnny Landells. Did I say your name right? Yeah, you, you emphasized the L's, but I think that's the, the best way to do it because us, us Brits just say Landals. Oh, well, I mean, I can, I can easily... Spell it all the time. From, from now on, whenever I give you shout-outs, I'll get it right because, like, yeah. the funny thing with names is there's so many different angles and there's a lot of people that follow me on Instagram that, like, say my last name wrong. I'm like, whatever, same, same, same thing. Um, so... Right out of the gates, because some of my audience might not have a clue who you are, and some of them will. So it's going to be, we're going to have a mix of fitness professionals, and then people from Edmonton, and then people who have kind of joined the journey along the way. Um, mm-hmm. What would be your introduction? Like, like how would you introduce yourself if, if you had the choice? If I had the choice, uh, well, I'll tell the truth rather than if I had the choice to be anything I, I could be. Although I'm pretty happy with how things have gone. So my name is Johnny Landles. Uh, I live in the UK uh, in a little city called Leeds, which is in the north of England. And I am an online nutrition and fitness coach. Uh, I have been for the last five years. I own a company called Next Step Nutrition. Um, and I've been in the fitness industry for the last sort of 10 or 11 years now. And what we do is we work with people primarily who want to lose fat because so many people do, uh, but also because, um, you know, I myself had weight loss issues growing up. My parents were both overweight people and had pretty bad relationships with food and yo-yo dieted and things like that. So it was a real passion of mine to go into the field of fitness and nutrition, sort myself out uh, and then, uh, you know, kind of found it as a calling to help other people do the same. So when you were like, let's say in high school or something, is this what you would have imagined yourself doing? Or did you have another plan for yourself and you kind of fell into the fitness industry? Yeah, I massively fell into it. So what I was doing at secondary school was, which is what we call high school. Uh, I was actually um, did my like main qualifications at school in science. So I did chemistry, biology, I did philosophy. And my original intention was to become uh, a veterinarian because I loved animals. But um, my dad passed away, actually, when I was in high school. Um, And my mother and I had a chat sort of that summer, talked about what I was passionate about. And although I loved uh, animals, the sciences and my grades, they probably weren't going to be up to scratch for that course it's very competitive here in England and I'd been doing theatre and uh, musical theatre in particular all the way through growing up 
and we kind of had a sort of you know you only live once this is teaching us that you've got to make the most of life and not be unhappy with your choices and so I decided to um, apply for musical theatre courses in England and actually went and, and majored is what we you'd call it uh, at university in, in music theatre went and did a master's degree in it as well at a, a proper institution like a drama school um, and uh, I actually you know attempted to do musical theatre acting for quite some time living in London and going to auditions and uh, doing all of that and I, I fell into the fitness industry because uh, I was hugely into CrossFit back then and I'd gotten into coaching at a CrossFit gym in London as like a part-time gig to earn money and it eventually became a, a full-time gig um, and then the acting kind of downsized and I ended up coaching CrossFit full-time and it was through CrossFit I found nutrition coaching as an endeavor and then that's when next step was born and it kind of grew from there so tell me about what your first crossfit class was like because everybody has like a different like anecdote for like their their first deep dive into something like that but i want to hear about what your experience was like crossfit was it was interesting because i'd always i'd always been a bigger guy playing rugby was what i'd done um through school so being big helped from what I was doing. And I started getting to the gym just with a couple of friends and CrossFit, it, it kind of came to our gym because there was a guy in our in our standard gym who was doing muscle ups on the pull up bar and, you know, doing Olympic weightlifting in the in the free weights room while we we're all doing sort of dumbbell bench press. And we're like, what's going on over here? And uh, my first CrossFit workout, I don't know how much you know of CrossFit, but it was a workout called Murph because my mate was like oh, I've heard this this workout and we can break it down however we want and it was it was funny because we did the first mile run on the treadmill and then we were breaking up the pull-ups push-ups and squats into sets of 5 10 15 so sort of 20 rounds and I got to 10 rounds of that and I had to go outside because <laughs> I was feeling pretty nauseous uh and I, by the time I came back my mate had done like an extra five rounds and he was like oh you know just sort of finish up so sort of follow my pace and i finish the next set five and then go on to the mile and I, I didn't finish that mile run I was like no I'm not doing this um shortly after that a gym opened in our town that we started going to and I, I felt kind of instantly hooked on it I loved the camaraderie of being with people I loved the variety of it and I loved the intensity of it I guess I got a little bit addicted to that um especially from having a rugby background it was that sort of com combination of competition intensity camaraderie that I really enjoyed uh, and I yeah just threw myself into it from there well I mean that completely makes sense it's pretty relatable for me I mean I went to a few CrossFit classes like when I was first getting into fitness and I was a bit nervous about the atmosphere and like intimidated and then there's times when it's just like humbling like doing the different workouts like there there were times when it was something that I was really good at, but times when it was something I was really not good at, and you look around and you're seeing other people just, like, kick your ass. But then there's, like, a certain amount of, like, community to it that kind of brings you in or that feeling of accomplishment or that sense of confidence. Um, have you found ways to sort of replicate that into your nutrition coaching and, and everything that you do online? Yeah, in certain ways, because we, we use an app, with, uh, with our clients and we can kind of bundle them up into certain groups and then people can see um, when they've 
hit their nutrition habits or their nutrition goals, depending on what, what they're working on and, and when they do certain workouts or hit their step goals and step targets and people get badges and high fives and accomplishments. And we ran, um, we ran a Facebook group for like our clients as well for a while where we had a community for sort of questions. And we found that really it was just an added thing. They, they got enough of it in the app with, with talking to us quite regularly and then having that communal group um that's the kind of best way we've managed it if we ever do group programs which is rare we'll bundle people together in a facebook group to add that extra layer of like support and accountability because often i find with one-to-one coaching they like you know it's quite personal a lot of the stuff they share with you and they want to commit connect with you um when i left crossfit i had to kind of find that community and camaraderie elsewhere but what i did was i uh, started doing musical theater again and and other sports and i found my sort of third spaces and my teams and stuff and my communities there rather than having it also from the gym and the gym's now just become a place for me to go and work out and you know even in in regular gyms you you start to recognize the regular people that train at the same time you do and if you share things on instagram and things like that like you know i've become quite matey with a few of the trainers there so it, it's funny how these things cross over yeah definitely well what I like that you kind of highlighted there was just having things that are not fitness that you do. It's, it's something that is probably one of my weak areas. I'm basically all fitness all the time, but um, tell me a bit more about like the, the whole musical theater thing and how you've sort of integrated it into your fitness career. Like it's, if a person goes and they look at your social media, they can see it right away. But um, it's kind of one of those things that, uh, not everybody can do, but you pull it off really well. And so I'm, I'm interested to hear what was like the first time that you were like, I'm just going to like add a bit more personality to my content. Um, actually like flex my other skills into my, my completely different career, et cetera. Yeah. I think it wasn't, it wasn't something that kind of shot out at me as an instant connection. And then when I, I, I can't remember why it was. I, I, I just sort of messed around with, I think there was like one Christmas time a couple of years ago where I just messed around and did a, you know, Mariah Carey, like all I want for Christmas is you. And I did a like, all I want for Christmas is food and did a couple of lyrics of like how we just, you know, love to eat at Christmas time. And it just went down well. Uh, and it was completely like off the cuff. I just thought this might be funny and people really resonated with it. Um, and I did want to bring my personality and kind of connect my worlds together. Like I'm good at doing video content, which is why I'm not, I'm not a big, I can write, but I don't enjoy sitting down and writing for extended periods of time. I'd rather perform, which is why I love doing podcasts and I love doing seminars and educational like workshops as opposed to just writing long form content. And so the singing, it just kind of happened as a bit of a joke. And I try not to force it because when, I plan my content ahead. I might say like, Oh, I've got to do a video of like a song then. And then the lyrics become a little bit more forced and I kind of have to force a song and it, it, they're much better when they're off the cuff and they just come into my head. So I don't, I don't do as many as I'd like to, but then when they do come about, they usually a bit more organic and a bit more fun. And yeah, it's just a great way to connect that, uh, those two worlds together really. Well, I think it outlines the importance of a person being themselves in the industry. Like, uh, there, there's a lot of different people that are doing a lot of similar things, but in a way there's something that makes us each unique. And I kind of believe that if we lean on that a bit more, 
then we'll go further than if we try and like copy somebody else or like like some people kind of like they leave a trail as to how they were successful but even if they outline all the steps then each of us as individuals like our our trail is going to be much different and it's going to rely a lot on like us um embodying like our qualities our values the things that make us unique taking our skills from past life experiences and really just like um owning them and and stuff like that but that was a bit of a long ramble we're gonna dial it in a bit here so um with regards to your nutrition coaching what has been something that like has stood out to you in in your coaching like like a moment that uh kind of took you back or made you think, wow, this is what I, this is why I do what I do. Does anything kind of pop out to you when you think about that? Yeah, I think, cause I, have worked with some people who have been, you know, quite, quite overweight and then have really helped them dial things in and, and make, make progress and, and keep that off despite m- many attempts and, and yo-yo attempts at, at doing it. And, when I've talked to those people about what the real ultimate factor was, it was much more around their mindset about food and themselves. You know, they were telling themselves negative stories about their identity and who they were. And they were telling themselves negative stories about how they viewed food and, and fitness in general. And a lot of them might be really keen exercisers, but still be overweight because it was the, behaviors and their habits around food and I spent a lot of my time as a younger coach kind of getting everyone to track their calories and getting everyone to to follow uh, calories and macros because that's when I first escaped from the uh, really low carb really strict clean eating paradigms that I'd kind of been you know thrust upon from the CrossFit sphere but I'd not got results from And the more that I worked on this and the more that people, some people would get results and some people wouldn't. And the ones that wouldn't uh, really sort of interested me because I thought, okay, what what else is going on here that's like either denying the laws of energy balance or is there something deeper under the curve going? And it was the more deeper conversation around that mindset, identity, their behaviors, their emotions and feelings around food. And I really started to dig deeper into that through my, my own research, my own reading, my own training and still do now because I wanted to build a platform and a coaching service that didn't just say right everyone has to do this model and right here are your calories I'll check in with you once a week we'll have a call maybe if you need it I wanted to create a kind of borderline nutrition coaching slash therapy type service which is what we've got now where we're much more in depth around how people think about food how people think about themselves how people feel about food how people feel about themselves because actually a lot of these practices where people do become quite overweight is because of those disordered eating thoughts and behaviors. And it takes a lot more conversation and a lot more digging to bring that out and to help fix it as opposed to just here are some calories, go eat what you want. Exactly. Well, I mean like communication skills and empathy and just being able to relate experiences or like uh, just care deeply is really important when it comes to like nutrition and anything that people are struggling with. Uh, for somebody just getting started with that, are there any pieces of advice that you've learned along the way that you would impart on someone? Like for someone that's 
they they genuinely just want to help people but uh like from my experience i've had moments where i thought i was doing everything right and then i realized like there was a learning moment and it changed the way I did things afterward, even though I thought that I was doing everything right. Like I, I had to be open to feedback. Um, has there been anything that you've sort of encountered with, within your coaching journey? Yeah, very probably a very similar experience, to be honest with you, Chris. Like it's that almost Dunning-Kruger effect, isn't it? Of like the less you know, the more you think you know. And then the more you start to know, the, the more you realize you don't know anything. And it's it's quite a humbling experience. And it, And it's why quite a lot of like, I'd say like middle to good coaches have quite bad imposter syndrome because actually the people that really don't know anything and tell me if I can swear or not before I, before I do, you know, they, they spout a lot. And then you've got these people who are actually good coaches, but their confidence is maybe a little bit knocked because they've realized how much is out there in terms of what, what there is to learn and know and trying to constantly stay on top of journals and, research papers and, and all the rest of it and what what i'd say is think about who you want to help how you're going to help them and what you really need to know to help those people because i i started to get overwhelmed with periodization and program theory and and all these other types of things when really my base level knowledge of exercise design is good enough to help the people i want to help so i'm not going out there saying hey you know baseball players you know, come come to me because I can get you pitching quicker and running faster and hitting the ball further and give you these periodized plans for 12-week seasons and all the rest. Of it. It's just not what I do. But if someone said to me, I've got a really bad relationship with food and I'd like to build better habits around the gym and my nutrition, I'd be like, cool, I can definitely help you with that. And I'd be able to open up that conversation and help that person pick out the low-hanging fruit and get them started to success and and help them build a plan to keep them accountable. So know who you're trying to help and how, and then just become really good at helping that type of people because then you're going to, it doesn't matter what you don't know. Because if someone else comes in that you can't help, you can refer them to someone else. And that person's going to have more respect for you for doing that. They're going to tell their mates who are more similar to who you can help. And you're going to lower that imposter syndrome because you're just going to focus really hard on what you're really good at. And if you want to grow a business, you can always hire other people to do the stuff that you're not very good at. And you can just work within. It's what um, I listened to Changemakers by John Berardi. Yep. And he talked about your unique abilities. And I just, I found out what mine were and I thought, right, I'm going to just play into my unique abilities. And then anything else that comes up for which might need to be covered, you Obviously, sometimes as an entrepreneur, you have to do them, but you can then look to hire them out in the future as you get much better at yours. Well, I mean, that that in, a, in and of itself is, like, really good advice. I mean, just the fact that, like, we're not falling behind by referring out to other people where it's their specialty. We're probably going to have more energy to focus on the people who are our specialty. And then we're going to feel more fulfilled. We're going to be a bit more content and more likely going to get better, like, uh, testimonials, um, just better connections. And so it's just kind of like seeing it from that abundance mindset in the sense that like one person's career can still support another person's career in the same field. And it's like, we're not competing. We can only make each other better rather than worse kind of thing. Um, yeah. 
I have to say, like, with regards to your podcast, you kind of mentioned it, and people might not realize just how much content you put out on your podcast. You're one of the yeah. few people that, like, uh, I'm like, holy crap, I think he puts out more stuff than me. <laughs> like, so I just kind of want to know, like, what was your start into podcasting? Like, I know you, you talked about it's, like, your preferred mode of, like, content creation, but, like, what inspired you? Um, what shows did you listen to before you started yours? And just kind of take me on the journey there. So with my podcast, I started it out purely as like daily bite-sized nuggets of information. I'm someone who can concentrate if I really put my mind to, but I quite like short snippets of info and little sort of like motivation builders, if you will. And I was listening to a podcast by a guy called Justin Sewer who's a sports performance coach and he's got a podcast called increase your impact and it's all just mindset performance habits that kind of thing um five to ten minutes an episode and i really really loved it and i thought to myself how it would be really good if there was a nutrition podcast like this and i thought hey i could do that and i thought you know i came up with the name next step espresso because i'm i'm a big coffee fan and i thought hey it's a little shot of fitness so i was like let's call the next step espresso and to be honest Chris I didn't really think much about it I just decided to do it whether it was a good idea or not who knows um and then over time I was like I want to interview some guests and I guess based on my own journey through CrossFit out to the other side uh, I've got a lot of like interest in Olympic lifting and and just weightlifting in general evidence-based nutrition side of things I love talking to people about you know, what what actually matters about nutrition and helping people overcome the kind of fads and restriction and so i just decided hey i'm just going to bring on the people that i follow i just started asking people who i follow like hey do you want to come on the podcast and just surprisingly people were saying yes so i was like oh wow this is becoming a thing uh and it was just you know it's just been a journey and i think i think we've probably like we we probably had some changes of followers at one point because when i first started i was much more crossfit based than i am now um and so there were a lot of podcasts when I was talking about like, you know, nutrition for CrossFit or performance for CrossFit and all those things. And as I started converting more towards overweights and emotion around food and things like that, that have been like a drop off and a re climb. But I'm really happy with the podcast is, you know, daily shots about mindset, behaviors and habits. And then on the weekend, I talk to people either about uh, building better habits in the fitness industry or i talk to people who have great transformation stories uh, and sometimes i talk to previous and current clients who, who work with us at next step about their kind of struggles and stuff as well so real mixed bag that's awesome um is there one guest that you've had on that's like really stood out to you and just like like a lesson that you learned or a story that they shared or anything like that well uh i had lucy Hendricks on a couple times we've had good, good conversations one time around uh, the kind of like racism and sexism within the fitness industry and her, and her take on that and how to like level the playing field and, and talk about those sensitive topics in a better way. And that was a really enlightening conversation. We also talked a lot about um, our perception of pain and our knowledge around pain. And that, that was really interesting as well, particularly for my own fitness journey and knowing how people can be debilitated with those things and actually how their mindset plays a key role. Really interesting. And um, my other favorite guest probably is, is Dr. Eric Helms, who's from 3D Muscle Journey and, and written a couple of books um, just because he was my first guest. 
and uh, I, I, by next Friday he'll have been on four times because I trust very few people in the fitness industry and so I kind of have to recycle guests when other people say no um, but Eric's just such a solid guy and he's got he just gives his time so freely and we always have really really sound conversations around lifelong fitness um, and, and he's just a really solid guy. That's awesome. And I totally get what you're saying. It's kind of like you, your podcast is like your child kind of thing. So you need to keep it with the the best of, of what you want to consume kind of thing and put out into the world. Um, so the year 2020. Now, this is like a common question. It, it comes up a lot. Um with with where you're at with your business like how did it impact you like what what had to change what did you learn from from the whole like pandemic experience with the different lockdowns and closures and all of that stuff it's interesting because because here in england we're we're only kind of getting back to small senses of normality now it was only last uh the week before last or, or no, actually just last Monday where gyms and became open again and restaurants and bars are only open for outside uh, seating, outside drinks and outside food. No, no inside things yet. So a lot of inside hospitalities aren't open. Shops have only kind of just started to become open. And it's we had that from like Christmas till now. And then before then we'd had the sort of from March until mid-July when things started to open back up again and we kind of had a phased reopen and it almost seemed normal and then we had a, a a circuit lockdown in like November where things closed for a month and then reopened at Christmas and it's it's been such an up and down time that like people's trust in general in, in England just got completely shattered and and personally from a business standpoint we did lose quite a few clients at first because people were either put on 80% of pay or were at risk of losing their jobs and gyms got closed and people were kind of like, Oh, well, what's the point in focusing on my nutrition or what's the point in paying for programming if the gyms are closed and they kind of took that line of it. So we definitely had to create great content around it and become a trusted, uh, you know, figure for people of, and, and also lighten the mood, you know, a lot of, like I did a lot of, uh, I think TikTok exploded because of lockdown really and uh, I did a lot of those on Instagram as well and you know random singing videos and funny joke videos about fitness and stuff because it was just good to lighten the mood in a in a landscape that was really really bleak for a lot of people and this last winter has been this December to April period's probably been the worst part of it because the weather wasn't good at least last year in the lockdown the weather was nice and so people were like oh I'm sure at home but great the weather's great so cool whereas December to April, January is a bleak month for people anyway. You had lockdown in that and a very half-assed Christmas and people become quite badly depressed. Like I, I struggled with it myself. And so I know plenty of people in England did as well. Um, and so, hey, it could have been a lot worse. Things could have been a lot worse. Like I'm, I'm really happy that I'm safe. My girlfriend's safe. My family are all safe. And then a lot of my close friends and stuff were and uh, and business wise we did fine you know we, we we were there for people and we put out good content and and we we've got great clients now and and things are going well um because it's reminding people of like how important their habits are at a time like this right you, you don't need the gym you need great great habits and great mindset and 
and and wellness and fitness goes beyond just reps in the gym or the the food you put in your mouth it's that mental space as well and so we do put out a lot of content around looking after your mental health because of that reason yeah and i mean that makes sense with regards to mental health and your own journey like i think just about everybody i know in the industry goes through like ups and downs Uh, a lot of people speak openly about it i think it's an important thing to bring to the table because it kind of helps people not feel so like alone or it helps them like understand that it's not just them like nobody's broken we're all just kind of navigating life to the best of our ability um when when you find yourself in a bit of a low throughout a year like pandemic or no pandemic what are the things that kind of help you out the most? What are your sort of like non-negotiables in life that kind of keep you keep you on the, the path that you need to be on? I think for me, the, the struggle in the pandemic was the lack of like ability to find third spaces. So like I found myself much better now with the gym and with cricket and other things, activities to like throw myself into that aren't work and fitness. Yeah, specifically, you know, like not just staying at home all the time. But uh, why, why I found always really useful is just acts of mindfulness. And this can look very different for different people, depending on what they prefer and what their personalities are like. Um, but recently I found really great, uh, really great mindset with regards to just staying off my phone for the first couple of hours of the day not checking messages and not trying like getting instantly checked in, but doing uh, sort of eight to 10 minutes of mindful breathing in the morning and, and then followed up with uh, like, I have my first coffee outside and I just kind of listen to the, you know, listen to the birds and listen to the, the noise and just kind of sit there with my thoughts. Um, and uh, again, good with the weather now, cause it's like with the sunrise and it's like, it's a really sort of peaceful morning. Uh, and then I try to throw myself into some reading daily stoic is something i read daily even though it's like now my third time through it and it's just reminding myself of those um of those principles of you know minding your own mind controlling things that you can control living in the present and having having plans and goals and stuff but not not being too future focused just letting that dictate the practices that you take today and living in the moment um and whenever i find myself being sort of self-critical about those are those sort of the worst times when you can kind of really uh, ruminate on negative thoughts i kind of have to use the same practices we give clients with regards to noticing those thoughts naming them and and spinning them and being like right let's let's get away from this critical self-talk let's talk to myself as if i were a mate let's be human about it let's let's be objective about it um and uh, i find myself then doing like little breathing exercises and stuff throughout the day because that can really help me bring back to center. And so with your breathing exercises, like everybody's got kind of a different way to do it. What, like, what does it look like for you in like a real life context? Like how do you get yourself all set up? Like what, what kind of a space are you in? What's going around, going on? Like what, uh, paint a picture for me, I guess. I try to keep it mega simple, Chris, because I think like as soon as people start to layer up, certain parameters it becomes a like they're trying to create a perfect space or a perfect situation and life is not perfect as we know and and it's like waiting for the perfect meal plan or the perfect workout plan but not actually doing anything about it we can get paralysis by analysis so like first thing in the morning i just literally just sit on the edge of my bed and i just breathe i've 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 got a recording called uh, leaves on a stream which i listen to quite regularly which is just an exercise of like 
you imagine you're sat by a stream and you're placing your thoughts on leaves that are falling through the sky and then just watching them move away on on the stream and, and other people do like just notice your thought and let it pass like a cloud or whatever and return to your breath quite regularly it's the same sort of concept through the day if i do some rapid relaxation it would just be box breathing so like in for two out for four in for three out for six in for four out for eight and i just do that a couple times just eyes closed sat wherever i am um and then very rarely sometimes i listen to some like positive affirmations and that's if i'm having a particularly like negative day then it'll be a case of right let's just stick in some affirmations let's just find a space and just sit and and listen to them and that's that's literally just you know like sat in the chair behind me <laughs> i don't try to like create a perfect environment i just think actually just getting it done is the important thing yeah i mean i can relate to the fact that like a lot of the time i'll just kind of like lay on the floor and just focus on breathing um lights don't have to be a certain way or anything like that neighbors can be noisy it can be what it is if it's if there's noisy distractions sometimes just putting in earplugs is all it takes and then um i liked that you talked about the positive affirmations because that's something that i've been doing a lot lately i'll just like as i'm going to bed i'll like find like some kind of a podcast where they just remind you of things to be grateful for or maybe it's framed in a different way and it just kind of gets you out of the the headspace because like so many people can be so easily self-critical and uh sometimes we just need a little support in like seeing things from somebody else's perspective instead of our own critical perspective and then it kind of helps us uh, either close off our day in a positive way or start off our next day in a positive way and i just um, when people are prepared with these tools and, and things and things that we can do that we have access to, then it makes it a lot easier to be uh, resilient in, in our career and just in our life, um, which is a good segue to my next question for you. So like you've had a fairly lengthy career. Um, has there been a moment in your career where you just thought that you just throw your hands up in the air and just walk away from it all, just do something else, go into a different industry, or has it been pretty like steadfast and you kind of kept your eye on the prize and been strong through it all? No, probably, you know, definitely the former, um, particularly when you're working with people in nutrition and fitness, it's, it can be very up and down. Um, and it, and you, there have been periods where like, I've been pumping out content, for example, and thought no one's listening to this, no one's paying attention, and you feel like no one's, no one cares, uh, and and that's been probably like where I'm like at my worst in terms of comparison because you're comparing where you are to like other people, and then and it just doesn't serve you at all, um, because really everyone else is different as you said chris but like much before at the beginning of the podcast like everyone's so unique and individual personalities upbringings origin stories like all of those things make you who you are and so you can only be you and you can only be as good as what you're good at you can only do things that you're good at and so i had to remind myself that constantly when there have been sort of lower parts in the business it's like really they're not that low at all like i'm just comparing myself to really high standards um, and there have been times when I'm like, man, you know, maybe this would be easier if I just work for someone else, um, because I'm a hard worker and, uh, and I'm good at, you know, what I do and I'm good at certain things. So I was like, well, maybe I could just do that and I'll avoid like the up and down of trying to grow a business and trying to do all of the other things that aren't fitness coaching. Um, but 
then I, I sort of slap myself out of that and think, no, you know, you've, you've done this for a reason and you're enjoying what you do. And yeah, it's, it's definitely not smooth sailing, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I keep returning to that kind of like, why am I doing what I'm doing and what difference am I trying to make? And when I, when I reconnect to that, it's like, yeah, cool. I actually wouldn't see myself doing anything else. Well, I like that. And like, I actually have a good like little segue and actually have the props for it and everything. So I'm digging through my drawer. I have like this little letter that I've kept in my desk since I was like a spin instructor. So Uh I, I got into the industry I was doing. Um, I was an account manager for Yeg fitness and then I became a spin instructor. And when we were training for our spin instructor thing, we each wrote a letter to ourselves. And so my letter to myself was remembering like my why, like why I got into the industry. So no matter what would happen, um, I would be able to open up this letter. And actually a shout out to my friend, Dr. Farah Sharif. She actually is the one that uh, kind of trained me to be a spin instructor. But I hold on to that letter, even though I'm not a spin instructor, because everything about it still pertains to my, my journey as a trainer. And I think if somebody is like brand new starting out in the industry in the midst of a pandemic, when gyms are open, close, open, close, when everything is like sideways and it's, it's easy to doubt yourself. I think it's important to, to have those things to kind of like go back to, to remember, to like think about like the origin story or the, the times when we felt like, like for a lot of people, um, a lot of trainers in the industry and coaches, they've kind of come from a place of, of kind of feeling broken and then they've found a way to rebuild themselves. And then because of that, they wanted to do that for other people, which is a big calling for, for many people. There's a lot of trainers in the industry who have been bullied. There's a lot of trainers who used to be, um, just have a different body or a different self-confidence. And so to kind of like hold on to that, why can be extremely helpful because it's like our, our self belief is a driving force in whether we make it or not. Like when it comes to content creation, business ownership, et cetera, like there's no doubt we will come across like some, some big obstacles and like some hurdles and we're going to need some help from friends and stuff. But like, um, just for you to be able to kind of reflect on that stuff. And like, I like how you talked about how, like if you worked for somebody else, maybe you'd have more stability, but then, what about the fact that like if you continue to push your own ideas and apply yourself like um, stability could look a lot more promising if you believe it in your own mission kind of thing. But uh, with all of that being said, um, when it comes to like the last three months or so, what are some some lessons that kind of stand out to you? And this is just like a shot in the dark. It doesn't have to be anything profound. But just because it's like in recent time, it's maybe fresh in your mind. What are some things that have stood out to you just in the last three months? I think in the last three months, something that stood out to me was was just being mega consistent with like one uh, one approach and one so one product, one service. So when I was growing the business, I was constantly thinking about new things. I was like, okay, cool. I've got this one-to-one service. Uh, Maybe I should add programming to it, or maybe I should just program for people separately. And that could be like another thing. Okay, cool. I'm doing that now. Maybe now I can uh, do a group program because some other people do group programs. Okay. That worked all right. Maybe I'll change that 
and do this or like I'll do another group program or I'll write uh, a digital course or I'll create a new lead magnet or I'll you know I'll do this and it when I looked back at it all I was like man you know like the amount of stuff I created I was like what what am I doing you know we've got a really great one-to-one service and I thought how can I make that even better and, and make it really good and that's when I started adding more consultations to it and making it more behavior based as well and I was like okay cool I'm happy with that let's just you know keep the lead magnets we've got off offer them out at different you know at certain times keep keep pumping through keep creating great content keep hammering the one-to-one service and just only talk about that let's just talk about that non-stop like I've got other you know I've got a digital course if I need it but let's hammer the one-to-one service let's just do that and it was this idea of following one course until successful right of like actually people bang on about different marketing tactics and uh, different ways to grow your business and and all these different bells and whistles but really it's like just be consistent and be relentless like choose choose one and just just get after it because just like nutrition and fitness if a client had come up to me and said i'm not seeing results because one week i followed vegan one week i tried paleo the next week i tried intermittent fasting and then i tried uh you know going on keto and and throughout you know first week i did crossfit second week i did orange theory third week i did peloton bikes and the fourth week i've tried to run a marathon i'd be like well one you know what the hell are you trying to achieve because you don't even know and two, like, of course, you've got no results because you've just not been consistent at all. And I, when I looked back at my business in a kind of effort to try and learn as much as I could and apply everything I was learning and try and help as many people as I could, I basically just program hopped. And so as soon as I looked at that objectively and was like, right, what are the, what are the principles that underlie all of those flashy methods? just like you would with nutrition and fitness like what are the principles and then what's the person let's apply the right thing and it'll change over time but i was like right okay with with this let's just be super super consistent with this one service we've got a great unique mechanism we're really great coaches we know who we want to help we know that this is the best way that they can get their results let's just focus on this and it's and it's been been going really well for that reason that was just the way that you kind of outline the fact that like less is more kind of thing. Like yeah. there, there's so many different things that each of us could independently do with regards to what we're doing already. And sometimes just like doubling down on the things that we're already doing and just focusing on just a couple things is the best way to be. Like, I mean, I, I see all kinds of people, where they are putting out uh, way more articles than I could put out. But then I'm like, yeah, but I'm putting out more podcasts. And it's just kind of what you outlined earlier, just with uh, kind of picking like the the modes of communicating your content in which you are the most comfortable with. Like that's that's the way to be. So like sometimes people who are amazing at writing start a podcast and then they they feel frustrated because the podcast wasn't necessarily the best choice for them and then if they just double down on writing they might get their article featured in in larger groups of trainers or maybe it'll be what uh, drives the most clients their way um but with that being said 
Um, for every episode, I get my uh, guest to give a challenge for the audience. And I kind of want it to be unique to you, something that you would challenge the audience to do that maybe nobody else would. And like, there's a lot of gimmies there, but I kind of want to, I want to hear what, what you would say. So what you're going to do is you're going to be like, your challenge for the day is, and then just put it out there. Okay. Well, in light of that recent conversation we just had there, my challenge for the day is to do less, but better. Because if your listeners are listening to this, they're a combination of fitness professionals and regular people. Have a look through what you're trying to achieve in a week and just cut out the things that aren't actually serving you and do less of your stuff, but better. Because I bet a lot of people might be trying to pick up loads of new different dietary habits, but they're not really getting to grip with any of them. It's like, do less. Just focus on one of those things. If you're trying to improve your sleep, just focus on that. If you're trying to eat more veggies, just focus on that, right? And do that until you're doing it successfully without conscious thought, then you can move on. If you're a fitness professional and you're trying to grow your business, think about what's worked well for you in the past, what's not worked well for you. As you said there, right? You you can create podcasts, you can create blogs, you can but work to what you're really good at and double down on it. Don't try to do it all because I tried that. I tried to be everywhere on TikTok, Facebook, Facebook groups, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Twitter. I don't even use Twitter anymore at all. Uh, and blogs and podcasts and YouTube. And I was like, man, this is just too much. And now it's literally Instagram. I might I might do a TikTok reel, sorry, but only to use it as a reel. And I focus on the podcast and that that is it, right? I don't try to post on Facebook too much. I don't try to post in Facebook groups all day. I don't really post on LinkedIn that much because I was like, what can I actually feasibly do and do well? And that's what I want you guys to do. Do less, but better. That's awesome. Uh, what is one goal that you have for yourself that is nothing to do with fitness or nutrition, just like a goal that's on your mind that you want to conquer and we can kind of hold you accountable by having it on the podcast and then you reflect back and be like, I did it. What What is something that you're willing to put out into into the world? Into the ether. Uh, I want to be fluent in French. And daily I, I do have a habit of of doing a few French lessons. So I guess I'll have to, to up the amount. That is awesome. Um, what inspires you to be fluent in French? I think because the the UK are like just branded as really lazy because everyone else speaks their language, right? I guess you guys get it too. Like everyone speaks English and uh, the Europeans are so good at learning languages. You know, they all speak like three or four fluently. Um, and uh, French was something that I learned at school to an all right level and I like going to France and it just, it just fits. So I was like, I want to be someone who actually can speak another language rather than just another lazy British person. <laughs> That's awesome. So final question, if you could give one piece of advice to someone on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be? Oh, wow. To live your life to the fullest you need to not compare yourself to other people because comparison really is the thief of joy. And I know that's a cliche, but it really, really is right. There's a story about a guitarist who got kicked out of a band just before they were about to have their first album or first break or whatever. And 
he, he you know he made a pledge to be better than that band he'll create his own band and be better than them and he lived his whole life feeling like he was a failure because his band hadn't reached that that point of fame to his to his level of success even though his band had sold thousands and thousands of albums had done sellout tours and he'd earned you know hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars i can't remember the band specifically but he lived his life in pure misery because he was comparing himself to someone else rather than enjoying what he had and that's just mega mega sad you know you you are you you've got your own unique abilities you've got your own origin story you've got your own life you've got your own friends your own family your own skills your own personality and all these things that make you wonderfully unique and you need to focus on yourself what you deem successful what your values are and just work on being the best you because if you just spend your life saying i want to look like that or i want to be like that or i want to earn that or i want to do this like that person you'll ju- you'll actually just miss your li- your own life and you'll wake up in years to come and just be like you know what do i have to show for this and that'll be really sad that i hope people hear that like very clearly um i think you can't we can't be reminded of that enough just because people tend to be hard on themselves and we get in our head and we forget the advice that we heard yesterday today because we're human we have our quirks and our flaws but um it's so true and with that being said well actually if people want to find more of you like your your instagram handle is going to be in the show notes and everything like that but like how do they track you down how do they learn more about you instagram is probably the best way to be honest like as i said i'm not not massively active on other platforms um so my my personal handle at johnny landles and then we've got the business handle is next step nutrition ltd so i do try to post on both but i'm I'm more active on my own handle um because at the moment it's it's still me on sort of both both places got the podcast next step espresso uh and then the website is nextstepnutrition.co.uk you know we've got we've got some blogs on there not many um a lot of them are from previous episodes of the podcast before i stopped just getting them transcribed because I thought just pumping out a lot of blogs, which is not really what it's for. So we will be going through and and kind of combining blogs into bigger, longer form blogs. Uh, but that'll be when someone is a really good writer who's in the business. So we won't focus on that just yet. So those, those would be the two best places, to be honest, Chris. Perfect. That's awesome. So I'd like to thank you so much for, for joining me today. Thank you for having me, mate. I really enjoyed it. Thank <laughs> you.